I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by Great Creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And guys, girls, plants, this is going to be an absolute treat today. We have with us Dr. Bradley Nelson, Dr. Brad, welcome to the show. Well, thank you uh, for having me on here, Amrit. I'm really excited. Oh my God, I'm so excited for today's episode. So 
just to give people a bit of background, actually, instead of telling people the background about where what, how I've connected to your work, let's, let's do the honours. Dr. Brad is an internationally renowned teacher and healer with a passion for creating healers out there on the earth, everything from books to courses. Please do go check out his website. There's a whole treasure trove um, of information on how to access healing and do the work. My personal access point, the emotion code, um, is something I'm looking forward to dive deep into today. It's a really powerful book. I was surprised that it didn't cross my path earlier, um, but I think at the risk of uh, sounding like I'm saying this in jest, but it's the truth. I think, you know, that old when the teachers, when, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. I've been doing some conversations recently about sort of trauma has been in the background, the subconscious mind has been in the background, healing has been, we've been talking about it and it's almost like those threads have been leading me to the emotion code and we're here now. So it is just such a pleasure to have you here and thank you so much for writing such an incredible book. <laughs> well, gosh, thank you. You know, um, it's amazing to me that, uh, uh, you know, the book just keeps going and going and going. I mean, mm -hmm. 99 point about, uh, I, I think I went to this uh, this publisher uh, event when I had first written the book to try to get some help and find a publisher. And they said, well, about 99.999% of all books written are dead on arrival. And nobody, <laughs> nobody ever, except you and mom. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You go, it keeps going. You know, in many languages now, and it just keeps yeah. going and going, it's changing people's lives all over the world. And it's I don't really know exciting. if there's, um, yeah, there can't be greater testament than that, right? Like you wrote it almost 15 years ago now, right? And it's and it's it's out there yeah. doing its thing. It's out there doing its thing, still it, touching people. It came out the same month in 2007 uh, as the iPhone. Ah, yeah, well. Changed. It seems like it's phone's been around forever, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. There's a, there's a lot we can talk about in terms of that as well, casually. But one of the things right. I wanted, wanted to dive into was I want to ask you a little bit about your story and just providing some context to the audience that's tuning in for the first time to uh, Dr. Bradley Nelson. And, you know, who was Brad at the age of 13? Like, you know, what was that kid that then informs this incredible body of work that we get exposed to today. Like, were there signs of this kind of being what was going to emerge? Or is it, yeah, tell us a little bit about, yeah, what, yeah. Well, I, I, had, a, I had a really normal childhood. My parents had been childhood sweethearts all their lives mm. uh, since they met at, at, actually they met at about age 13. Mm. And, um, but it really started for me when I was seven years old. I was really sick with the measles. Mm. And I'd overheard parents talking and I knew the plan uh, that they had for me was the next day I was going to be checked into the hospital and I was going to be going into something that they called an oxygen tent. And I didn't know what that meant, really. The tent part of it sounded kind of interesting, but I, yeah. you know, I was way too sick to think about camping and I was really ill. <laughs> and so, so this particular night, everyone else had gone to bed and mm. uh, my parents made a bed for me on the couch Um in, the, in our living room so that I could be near their bedroom. And I'm lying there on the couch, just feeling really, really ill, really nauseated, just really sick. And my parents came into the room and my mother uh, said to my father, she said, honey, will you kneel down with me and will you say a prayer for our boy so we'll be able to get well? So they did, they knelt down by the side of the couch. My dad starts to offer this prayer. Now my dad wasn't a preacher or anything like that. He was in real mm -hmm. estate and 
he had been in construction for a long time and uh, he ran a big team in the army and on an air base. And so it was probably the first time in my life that I'd heard my dad pray out. Pray. Yeah. My dad's offering this prayer yeah. for me. And in the middle of this, and it was a short prayer, but in the middle of this prayer, uh, a, a miraculous thing happened. Uh, this change began at the top of my head and it went whoosh through my body to the soles of my feet and I was instantly made well. Now, look, to go from being really sick one moment to mm. being completely, totally healthy in the next instant is so bizarre mm. that uh, the memory of it never goes away. Mm. And that event is burned into every particle of my being. And I remember that like it happened yesterday and it was it was a long time ago. Yeah. So that taught me that there's a higher power that we can draw upon mm. because that's what my did and wow it really worked for me so i filed that away in my mind right hmm. so about seven years went by uh you know things run in those seven year cycles and yeah about seven years later i started having these pains in my back and they were really um really intense they'd hmm. come out of the blue and sometimes they would just knock me to the ground or take my breath away it was really actually uh, terrifying and um my parents were very worried about me, took me to the hospital and they ran all these tests and they told my parents that I had kidney disease and my kidneys uh, were fighting for their survival. Geez. Now there was no kidney transplantation done then. Mm. So if my kidneys died, if they lost this battle, I was done with life. And, um, and the, the pain alone, my parents didn't really confide all of that in me. They didn't want to terrify me further. Mm. Uh, so they decided because Western medicine, even though they, they diagnosed me, Mm. Uh, they said they had nothing to offer me, really. Uh, they had no treatment for it. Wow. And uh, so my folks decided they would take me to see some alternative doctors. These doctors worked out on the edge of town mm. uh, in a trailer house mm. uh, that was parked out in the middle of a wheat field. <laughs> Literally on the fringes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. They were really on the fringes. And... Um, but I noticed when I would go there that uh, sometimes there would be a busload of people from some other state mm. uh, that would be leaving. People would charter a bus to get together, charter a bus, and then dr drive out to see these people because they were really amazing healers. To come well, they started working on me and um, with these holistic doctors and with within, well, I mean, immediately I started noticing that what they were doing seemed to be just what my body needed. And my pains immediately started becoming less frequent, less severe. Whoa. And uh, within about three weeks, I think by then I'd forgotten that I'd ever been sick. And my parents, within about a month, took me back to the clinic and they ran all the tests again. And, and as I recall, they said, yeah, well, it's a, it's a spontaneous remission. It's remarkable. Whatever we did must have helped. And they hadn't done anything. Yeah. And I knew in my heart, you know, Amrit, sometimes you just know things yeah, in your heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I knew there was no question in my mind at all that these people had helped me. And, and I was really grateful for that. And I decided at age 13 that this is what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to mm -hmm. become a doctor um, because these guys were doctors, but they were alternative doctors. Mm -hmm. And in my 15 year old mind, I thought, okay, if I, if I need to practice like they do in a trailer house in the middle of a wheat field on the edge of town, that's perfectly okay with me. That seemed to be the natural habitat of doctors who, who knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So that was the dream that I had. Yeah. That was my, and 
And, uh, and I had that dream until uh, 1980. And in 1980, I took a class on computer programming and I yeah. became just absolutely enthralled with computers. And the idea, the idea that you could program a computer and tell it what to do and get it to jump through hoops and things was just mind blowing for me. And so, um, so I became a programmer and, um, and years went by and I did that. And I had my own business called the computer tutor where I would go into businesses and I would program people's computers and, you know, set up all their processes and all all that and it was really fun for me and uh and then i was about six months away from going into the master's program in business mm -hmm. at brigham young university in uh, in provo utah here in the u.s and uh my wife and i we just been married for a few years we went home to where i'm where i was from in montana and we were sitting around with my parents and my father said something to me uh he said are you sure you don't want to go to chiropractic school uh, and going to the healing arts, it seems like a great career. And you've always wanted to do that. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going into computers. I'm going to get my MBA. I'm going to go to work for some big multinational company or something. Yeah. He said, well, why don't you think one more time? And so that really hit me between the eyes, I guess. And I, I thought, well, all right, I'll think about it one more time. And so I did. So Gene and I made up a pro and con list, you know, of both sides, the business side, you know, the healing side. And that didn't really help. Both lists were pretty long. Yeah. And uh, so having learned at a younger age, right, that there's a higher power we can draw upon, mm. uh, got on my knees that night and I prayed because I, I didn't know all of a sudden what to do. I thought I had it figured out. And now I'm back right in the middle of the fence. And mm. so I, I prayed that night and I said, Father in heaven, if uh, if you have anything to say about this, help me to understand because I, I'll go either way. If you have any, you know, any guidance. Guidance, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. So that night, uh, after sleeping for a few hours, I woke up and my mind was full of all these warm, happy thoughts about helping people naturally and healing people and serving people. And I, and I thought, well, yeah, that's true. But computers, you know, and I fell back asleep. And that happened three times. Mm. <laughs> same thing, three times that night, same experience. And I'd fall back asleep. So the next day, I still don't know what to do. So the next night, I'm on my knees again, praying. And that second night, um, it was really amazing because on the second night, I had the same experience three different times. Yeah. But each time, the feelings, when I would wake up, I'd have those feelings, those feelings of service and and uh, and uh, helping people and serving mm. uh, mankind. When the, on the third time on the second night, when I was awakened, those thoughts of service to mankind and humanity and the whole world were absolutely overwhelming. We just it was huge feeling. And right then a voice spoke to me as clearly as I'm speaking to you right now. Mm. It said, This is a sacred calling. And I thought, okay, I accept. And I didn't know I didn't know what that meant, mm. but I knew that going into the healing arts, that was kind of the guidance I was getting, right? Mm. And so I did it. I jumped in with both feet. When I when I went into uh, when I was in school, sometimes my instructors would say things in chiropractic college. Uh, sometimes they would say things like, you know, the brain is the most amazing computer that exists. And as a computer programmer, I would think, well, wow, if, if the brain's a computer, <laughs> never be able to plug in something into the computer brain and get information out of it. Because I would think, gee, that would be so great because all the information's got to be in there about what's really wrong with 
people, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I was going to school to become a healer to try to help people. So I thought if we could tap into that computer system and get information, that would be so cool, right? Yeah, I love that. And so that's my whole career. My whole career has been dedicated to that idea of tapping into that subconscious mind Mm. and getting answers. And that's how the emotion code works. And that's how the body code works. So when I got into practice, I figured uh, God had gotten me into this. Mm. And so maybe maybe God would help me. So what I would do is before I would go to work on someone, mm. I developed this habit of just taking a moment and asking for help. And it, was a, it was a totally private, totally personal habit. Nobody ever mm. knew that I was saying a short prayer and asking for guidance. But I'll tell you something. Um, I learned during all those years, I practiced for roughly 20 years in one form or another, mm-hmm. that uh, that higher power, whatever you want to call it, you know, source mm. energy or... Um, you know, the intelligence of the universe or the universe or God or father, or whatever, well, of different names, doesn't matter. Um, that higher power, however you refer to it, is aware of us all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's always there to help us. We have to ask to open the door for that help. Because I'll tell you something, there were times when I was in practice where people would come in to see me and I didn't know how to help them. I didn't know how to even approach their problem. Mm-hmm. And there were times when in response to that short private pause and asking for help, that the information I needed would just flood in like an avalanche of understanding. And that didn't happen very often. I can count those times on one hand over, Mm. you know, 20 years, but, um, but sometimes it was, it was ways of looking at things that I had never considered that nobody else had considered either. Mm. And, uh, fascinating thing. So, um, so anyway, what happened was um, I, I got this message in about 2003, this feeling from mm-hmm. up above that I really needed to take what I had learned about emotional baggage, mm. that it had wasn't just for me, that it really had to go to the whole world. Mm. So I needed to sell my practice. And then pretty soon got some guidance that I need to sell my home. I need to sell everything I own. God was taking me somewhere else. And so he did. And um, so I did all of that. And then the Emotion Code book was finally published in 2007. And I published it first because um, emotional baggage is such a huge component (laughs) of all of our physical and mental and emotional difficulties. I mean, 90% of all the physical pain that people have is due to emotional baggage think of that 90 percent. so if you're sitting there right now and you're listening or you're watching this podcast if you're feeling mm-hmm. pain there's a nine out of ten chance there is emotional baggage there's an emotional reason for that pain and the emotion code is just a really simple easy way that anybody can use the whole method is contained in the book mm-hmm. um you can learn how to how to do this we have kids doing it all over the world doing it very successfully helping their parents yeah, it's incredible. And I think the, um, I don't want to use this term, but it's what's in my mind. <laughs> so the slap in the face for me is actually how simple the practice in the book is. Like, because you think, and there are so many more questions that are more sort of going to tell the story better, but <laughs> this is just the remark, I guess, is, yeah, you think, well, this is like, because I've been, I'm hooked. 
is probably the right word to use. But some of the things have dropped in seven. Some of the things dropped in, like one of the things, 13, 16 was a big one where something dropped in. And I didn't need, like, you know, when you do the process, you, you ask some questions, sometimes you need to know more. And um, right. it was just phenomenal. It was just like, dude, I've been carrying this since yeah. then. And then it was like, <laughs> yep. And then, you know, a couple of Tinder swipes later and you're clear. And it was like, what? Like, I just, yeah. you know, and then the check and the affirmation that it's it's gone and it's like, yeah, you're good. And it's like, what? Surely yeah. not. Like, so, and the interesting bits around like, oh, some part of me is like actually attached to that <laughs> to kind of going, can't surely be just gone. Like I've been carrying it since 13 and it's like, it's gone. So there's a whole lot there that we can discuss, but I think in order to sort of honor the, the trade of the podcast with a little bit more grace than my usual chop suey self, which I run the risk of being, you mentioned that you're re recoding the mind. And then from the mind, you started mentioning the subconscious. Now there's quite a step between what, the average listener will probably be listening to is the mind and the subconscious because we're aware that our mind is is conscious and subconscious but a lot of this work for you is actually like the conscious is i don't want to say buggered off or neglected but it's 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 really working with the subconscious can you tell us a little right. bit about why that's so important well, absolutely, because you think about it, um, there are lots of methods out there <clears throat> that try to resolve emotional issues mm. and uh, and symptoms and behaviors and things. And typically what they'll do is they'll have you think about your life and uh, think about your relationships and, and try to come up with some problem area. Well, the thing about it is uh, it, our conscious minds don't remember much. Mm. And uh, because the conscious mind, if you think of the conscious mind as a computer, it's like a computer with about 16K of RAM, all right? Yeah. In other words, it's like the computers that I was first working with way long, back when. long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a calculator when they first came out and it was, it couldn't do much. Now your, your phone is a computer that uh, is more powerful than the ones that took the astronauts to the moon by, <laughs> by many magnitudes. Yeah. So, um, the conscious mind is the part of us. It's like the tip of the iceberg. If you look at an iceberg, you, you know that a little bit of it sticks up out of the water, but the vast bulk of it is under the water. Mm. And that's the best analogy I can think of for the conscious mind. It's like the tip of the iceberg. It's where we spend all of our waking hours and we, we take our classes, we work our jobs, we have our relationships and so on. Um, but there's not a lot of space in there for memory, really. And so we forget things, you know, we forget important things. I mean, most of your listeners have probably forgotten something important this week that got them into trouble. Mm. You know, you might've even done that yourself. <laughs> uh, right. So we forget things. We don't remember much about our lives. Um, the subconscious mind, on the other hand, mm. is the part of our mind that is the, like the part of the iceberg that's below the waterline. Mm. That part of you is so vastly intelligent mm. that we have not really even begun to scratch the surface about it. We don't understand it. We know, we know what our bodies do. We know what our bodies are capable of. But if you think about it, uh, the subconscious mind remembers everything you've ever done, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, every moment of your life, every split second of your life is recorded in the subconscious mind. When people die or when they're about to die, they're about to get run over by a train or they're falling off a cliff or something, their whole life will pass through their mind in, 
incredible total detail, right? In just a second or two. And um, and you can talk to a lot of people who would have had that experience. And so um, the subconscious remembers everything. And if you think about it, the estimates vary between how many cells are in our body. But if you think about an individual cell, you know, scientists say that a single cell in your body is equivalent in complexity to a full-size aircraft carrier with thousands of people on board working at their individual jobs with electronic countermeasures and radar and personnel and all kinds of things with jets on the ramp with their engines spooled up, ready to take off. That's how complex a single cell is. And you know we have between 37 and 70 trillion of those in the body. Yeah. What? Our subconscious mind is aware of every single cell and knows what's going on in total detail with every single one of those. Mm. It remembers everything about you. It knows exactly what's wrong with a person. It knows exactly what emotional baggage a person has and mm. what they need. You know, as an example of this, one of the stories that, that you might recall from the book that I think people will enjoy mm. is um, I was doing a, a lecture once and there was a woman that came to the lecture. Uh, I was meeting people at the very beginning of this and uh, this woman showed up with her mother. And uh, so I met the two of them. And then later on, uh, they happened to be sitting on the front row. And I asked for a volunteer. This young woman came up out of the audience. She was about 21 or 22. Hmm. And um, showing everybody how we access the subconscious mind. So what I did is I had her hold her arm straight out parallel to the floor. And um, I asked her to, to state her name. And she said, my name is whatever her name was. And yep. it was strong on my downward pressure hmm. uh, when I said, that when I had her say, my name is someone else's name, probably Bob, her yeah. arm went weak. And you can try this at home. If you mm. say, if your name is Shirley and you say, my name is Shirley and someone presses down on your arm, you'll be strong. If you say your name is Jim or something else, your arm will be weak. You can try that at home because that's just, uh, it's a way to test the subconscious mind and the mm. subconscious mind knows that your name actually is the name that you're using. And so anyway, um, I showed people how that worked. And then I started asking some questions of the subconscious. And I said, do you have a trapped emotion that we can release? And the answer came back as a strong arm. That was a yes. Uh, and then I asked what the emotion was. It turned out using the emotion code chart, which has two columns and six rows in it, we're, very, we're able to very rapidly identify the emotion that the subconscious mind has in mind. Yeah. The subconscious is very willing for you to identify these, right? Mm -hmm. So the emotion was forlorn, which is kind of, like all, feeling all alone and hopeless and sad and desolate kind of all rolled into one. Mm. And so then I needed more information about this according to her subconscious mind. And so I tested to see when this occurred. Well, it happened to occur prior to age 10, prior to age five. And it actually attested that it occurred in the first year of her life. And so I thought, well, she's probably not going to remember anything. She was only a baby. And I asked her, I said, do you have any idea what this is about? She said, no. So I thought, hmm, where to go with this? So I look out of the audience and there's her mother, right? That I had met at the beginning. And mm. she's as white as a ghost. And she's got her hands covering her mouth and her nose. Mm. And I thought, oh, maybe she knows something. And I said, hey. <laughs> yeah. What did you do? <laughs> I know the story, so I, I know. Yeah. I I said, hey, yeah, do you have any idea what this might be about? Yeah. And she said, oh, yeah, she was so embarrassed, but she said she thought maybe she did. Mm. Now she had never talked daughter about this but she said when her daughter was that age she used to use cloth diapers and one day she accidentally pinned her daughter to her diaper mm. and so and she didn't notice it until she changed her the next time so here for probably several hours this poor baby is in agony 
crying and I'm sure, uh, you know, it gives us a glimpse into maybe how overwhelmed her mother must have been. Yeah. And she was horrified when she changed her and found out she was pinned, that that pin had gone through her flesh. So the emotion that was overwhelming the baby was this mm. feeling of aloneness and forlorn and no one's helping me. And it's just awful. That mm. emotional energy, uh, everything is a frequency, right? Remember what Nikola Tesla said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy and frequency and vibration, right? Mm -hmm. And he's absolutely right. And so that emotional energy that she was feeling is a vibration. Mm -hmm. it's a, it's and that was so powerful, that energy became trapped in her body. Now, a trapped emotion is a, it's a ball of energy we find from about the mm -hmm. size of a baseball, about the size of a softball, or maybe a small melon. And mm -hmm. uh, that energy trapped in her body. So... I asked her subconscious mind, you know, talking to her verbally and getting answers from the subconscious through muscle testing. Is that what this is about? I got a yes answer. And so I released that energy by just swiping a few times down the middle of her back, down the governing meridian with the magnet. Mm. And so she went and sat down. And I kind of forgot about this. I went, you know, finished my lecture and then went home. And uh, about, it was about 10 days later, mm. I got an email from the girl's mother. Mm. And she said, listen, she said, my daughter, for about 10 years now, has had a problem with her hip and her knee. Uh, and on, I think it was on the right side, she said. And she said, it's been gradually getting worse. She just lives with it. And um, she said, we've taken her to different people. Nobody's really been able to figure out what this is. And it's gradually been affecting the way she walks, I've noticed. Mm. But she said, the moment you release that trapped emotion of forlorn from her, she said, that pain in her hip and in her knee just completely disappeared. And she said, I waited 10 days to see if this was real, mm. it is not, she said, not only that, she said, my daughter feels this new lightness of being that she hasn't felt before. And she's telling everybody about this. I just wanted you to know what the aftermath of that was. Now, understand a couple of things about this. This story is, is illustrative because it shows how an emotional experience can result in long-term pain that may not even show up. It didn't show up in her life for 10 years. Mm. Um, also, it illustrates how the subconscious mind of that girl remembered what had happened when she was a baby. She had no conscious memory of that at all. And yet using the emotion code, we were able to find that and release that. And it probably took about, I don't know, maybe a couple of minutes is all mm. to end that symptom that she had been having all that time. So we all have been through things. And a lot of those things that we've been through, um, we've forgotten frankly and so um so the emotion code is a way to find even the things that we don't remember yeah and what the subconscious does and so thank you so much for sharing that and so the subconscious mind and for me and i'm going to approach this a little bit as an engineer so the connection between the subconscious mind and the emotions then because i've i, I understand like how we've gotten us to the subconscious mind and the subconscious keeps track of all of our memories is emotion just one of the, like it has a very strong link to memory. Is that kind of why we're working on memory and emotion or in your practice, you, you said like 90% of our issues are emotional issues. Um, and it just so happens to get to that emotion that we can harness a subconscious mind. Like, can you explain the, the link between the subconscious and the emotions and what you're trying to really do there? Sure. Absolutely. Well, if you think about, um, if you think about the experiences that you've gone through, the emotional experiences in your life, mm. 
what's what's the process? So when you start, when something happens in your life and you start to feel an emotion, what's what's really going on? Let's analyze it for a minute. Um, first of all, the emotional frequencies mm-hmm. that we look at, because when we find an emotional energy, what we're doing is we're identifying uh, we're identifying that emotional energy that is trapped in the body, and then we release that energy. And that's that's all we're doing with the emotion code. We find the energy, mm. we release it. That's why it's so yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, it's not a talk it out kind of a therapy at all. It's just, oh. it's like it's like emotional uh, surgery uh, at the speed of light. You know, yeah. we, we find the energy, boom, it's gone, we move on. Find the next one, release it, move on. So when you start to feel a, a, an emotion that's coming up for you, um, that energy is being produced by one of the organs or one or more of the organs in the body because the, the organs and glands in the body are the frequency generators for these energies. Right. And so um, that's why in the emotion code chart, we list on the left side, we list all of the, uh, uh, the organs and the glands that, uh, that the emotions are being produced by now oh. that might sound strange if you're used to western medicine it doesn't make any sense it, it has no place in western medicine but if you talk to someone who understands uh, ancient forms of medicine like for example chinese medicine mm. it, it makes total it has to yeah. do with the five element theory and so on mm. well anyway um when you start to feel an emotion uh what you're feeling is a certain vibration of energy and when you start to feel that emotion, you start to feel maybe the physical sensations that go with that. You start to feel mm. the thoughts along with that. And you acknowledge that emotion. And most of the time, I'd say probably 98 or 99% of the time, that emotion then is allowed to dissipate and disappear. So and moves through. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. So in other words, the emotional cycle begins. We we start to feel the feelings and the physical sensations that go along with that, the thoughts that go with that. We acknowledge it. The loop is closed and that emotional energy is done. And that emotional experience, the loop is closed on it and it moves on and you're mm. done. You're on to the next. And we do uh-huh. this all the time. Every day this happens to all of us yeah. multiple times. But sometimes what happens is um, an emotional loop begins. Something happens in your life. You start to feel a certain emotion and maybe you decide, okay, yeah, I should feel resentful about this maybe or angry about this or I should feel depressed or whatever. And I decide, hey, I'm not only going to feel a little bit depressed, I'm, I'm, I really should feel de- and I get, I work myself into a darker place mm. or I might decide I'm not only going to feel a little angry. I'm actually going to become enraged by this because this this person has really wronged me. And so that energy gets more and more powerful. That will break the loop, you see. So mm. the loop won't be able to complete and it gets stuck open. It's like an open loop. Mm. Now, and that would create a trapped emotion. Why? Because when that emotional loop doesn't close on that experience, the energy is still there. And so you move on with your life, but that little loop is still open. The energy is still in the body. It kind of consolidates into a little ball and it lands somewhere in your body. And then, you know, maybe 20 years later, you start having symptoms in that area. That's kind of how this works, right? Mm. Mm. There's another way that we create trapped emotions. And that is maybe as a child, you learn because your dad had an anger problem or something like that. Maybe you learn somewhere along the line that certain emotions are not okay to feel. Mm. And um, I choose, you know, I pick anger for the example because this is fairly common. 
Um, And say that, um, let's say that something happens in your life, someone wrongs you in some way, and you start to feel an emotion of anger coming up, right? And you decide, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow that to be felt at all. And so you stop the process. The loop then becomes suspended. Mm. And now you have a trapped emotion because that emotional energy was not that process was not allowed to complete. So the energy now is kind of in suspended animation in your body. Um, so that's another way that we trap these emotions. And so the emotion code is a way really to come along and identify these, these loops that are mm. still open in the body to close the loop is an incredibly simple thing. You don't have to feel the emotion. Mm. Um, but sometimes the subconscious mind, you don't have to go back and re-experience that experience. There are some methods that, you know, that, uh, that that's part of it where you have to do that. You don't have to do that with the emotion code. Um, but using various methods of accessing the subconscious mind and getting answers, you're able to identify those open loops and then close the loop. Now, a lot of the time, all you need to close that loop is just to find the exact emotion. Okay. And there's a question that we often ask in the emotion code. And the the question is, do we need to know more about this? In other words, does the subconscious mind about a particular open loop, does it need to have more information brought to conscious awareness about this? And sometimes the subconscious mind might come back with, well, yeah, let's figure out what the age is. So you'll Mm -hmm. figure out the age, and then maybe you you might need to know more, but oftentimes that's all you need um, to identify. And then, all you do to close the loop is you just swipe a few times over the governing meridian. If you're by yourself, that's a meridian that runs from the tailbone over the top of the head to the inside of the upper lip. And you can release an emotion by just swiping over your head like this a few times. Mm. If you're by yourself, you're working on somebody else, you might go down the middle of their back. It's the same meridian. Mm. And what that does is it effectively just closes the loop. And then that one's done. And that energy now is able to be freed from the body. So it's, it is really simple. It's funny that I'll tell you something, Amrit, at, uh, I've been to events, you know, all over the world. I just did an event in Cape Canaveral here in Florida. We were in um, all over Europe this year, twice mm. teaching. And at a lot of these events, people will come to me and they'll say, this seems so simple. You know, can it really be this? And what I, what I often tell, you know, just mm. facetiously is I'll say, oh, you know, I can make it more difficult for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I, and I, to be honest, I really appreciate the simplicity because it makes it so accessible. And people that have tuned into this podcast with me regularly will hear me say this again and again, because it is, it has become one of my fundamental truths is when people are complicating things, what are they trying to sell me? Like I now just get onto the back foot and go, what is going on here? But when things are simple, it's, it's like, yeah, like it, it, life isn't meant to be that hard, you know, touch wood. And I just, and, but this was, and I said this at the beginning of the episode, this was like slap in the face, simple, because I think the mind has this sort of relationship, well, the conscious mind has this relationship with like, it took that many years to get in, so it's going to take that many years to get, <laughs> you know, um, it's it's profound. So I would like to sort of just go deeper into um, into the conversation about how, how the method works. But before we get there, there's this whole, um, having read the book and having had like the likes of Bruce Lipton on the podcast talking about epigenetics, we've just sort of spoken about how trapped emotions get in, but sometimes those emotions are are handed down those trapped emotions and those patterns as well. Can you talk a little bit about yes. that just before we dive into how? Oh, to absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite topics actually, uh, 
What we have found is that um, uh, sometimes uh, we receive emotional energy at the moment mm -hmm. of conception, and we receive these from our mother or from our father, and they mm -hmm. might have received these energies from their mother or father, uh, and and on and on. Sometimes these energies go back a long way, mm -hmm. and uh, so you can actually be carrying emotional baggage, or in other words, trapped emotional energy, or emotional open loops essentially mm. from your ancestors and so what's fascinating about this is how these things affect us in the in the present day um for example uh let's say that your eighth great grandmother was jilted at the altar and uh developed this tremendously powerful emotion mm. of maybe grief or abandonment or rejection yeah. or something like that and that was so powerful see that energy became trapped in her body. And then essentially the way that this works is um, when she conceived a child, uh, it's as if the subconscious mind makes a decision, you know, that thing that happened to us was so powerful. I really don't want any of my posterity to have to go through that. Mm -hmm. And so let's pass this energy on to them to help protect them. And so that energy passes down, down, down. But it may be the reason now why you are having trouble finding love in your life, you see, mm -hmm. because of that energy that you're carrying that belongs to that ancestor. Um, let's say that, uh, you know, you have money problems and maybe it's because 20 generations back, uh, your 19th great grandfather was thrown into the poorhouse or something. Mm -hmm. And that emotion baggage is passing down you see scientists now are finding out that animals do this we yeah. know now for example that um they've done studies for example with mice where um a mice uh, or, or mice will receive a shock at the same time in these studies they'll receive a kind yeah. of a mild shock at the same time that they're smelling uh, a certain smell certain scent yeah. uh that they don't normally get exposed to uh, somehow the offspring of those mice, when they smell that smell, they'll have this danger fear reaction, uh, even if they've never smelled it or never been shocked before in their lives. In fact, um, they've done studies where they've taken sperm from the offspring of, uh, or they've taken sperm from sperm from mice that were exposed to the shocks yeah. and to the smell, and they've impregnated female mice that don't know anything about any of this. And yet those mm. offspring of those female mice have that same fear reaction. So Carry they don't reaction. know how this is working. Yeah, they don't know how this is working, but we do because it's it's emotional baggage and animals develop emotional baggage just like we do. It's just energy. Mm. It's passed down kind of like kind of like DNA. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing how powerful sometimes the effect can be from emotional baggage that we know nothing about mm. that didn't even occur uh, at any point in our lives, except that we received at the moment of conception. Mm. And uh, it can be life-changing to find those energies and release those. And this is another reason you see why we have to rely on the subconscious mind, because only it knows about these things. And it knows about these things, these energies, it knows how far back they go. It knows um, who it started with. I mean, you can trace the genealogy, mother, father, mother, father, 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 mother, mother, whatever, as far back as these things go, if you want to. Mm. And you can plot out a genealogical tree and you can find out exactly who the ancestor was. And sometimes amazing, amazing things have happened with people where 
will find a trapped emotion. And uh, it might be the first generation that a family, uh, uh, you know, was enslaved mm. or it may be from the War of the Roses or some crazy thing that happened generations back in someone's line. So um, it's it's really so much fun to find. Yeah, it's that are inherited like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think normally I would be um, <laughs> I would almost tread I would tread more lightly into this conversation, into that direction at the risk of overwhelming the listener and going, dude, you've been carrying stuff for your parents and your parents' parents and your parents' parents. But I, I can, I can be, like you said, it's fun because, and I can be less uh, or more open to the conversation and more ready for people to roll their sleeves up because the tools are so accessible. And I'm just going to give my little moment on it. It's I yeah. So I'll get you to share the the process just quickly, but uh, (laughs) I have found it's just for me anyway, the perfect balance between left brain, right brain. Like for me, it's just been like, okay, feel into intuitively what's coming up. And then it's like, series of questions. And and like, when you say series of questions, you could be done in four, like it's four simple questions. Sometimes it's a little bit more, but it could be literally just four simple questions. Yes, no answers. Um, And three swipes and you're, and you're on your mirror. And I, I just, for the, the, the engineering me kicks in at that point and goes, looks at this chart and goes, duh, 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 duh. and I love how, like, it's literally, you can tell that a computer, like you can tell your computer engineer, like your computer engineering background shows up because it's like, is it in this column or is it in these rows? And I was like, duh, 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 like, <laughs> and you're honing in. It's perfect. Right? <laughs> the logic. And then just like, yeah, I'm loving this. And I'm, it's so fast. It's so efficient. It's incredible. So the balance between the left and right brain, incredible. And I have to admit, um, in the lead up to this episode. So I obviously went back to the body of work and I've just been, it's been, how do I really describe this? Yeah. It's, there's been so much that intuitively has just wanted to move out of my system is probably the right, the right way to put it. And yeah. it's almost like it's been hanging out for me to come and just meet this body of work and go, boom, this is how we're doing it. This is what's going to happen. Let's like, let's just go to the point where I'll clear one thing and it'll be, and you know, it'll be like, okay, cool. We're done. Uh, and the intuition will be like, but there's more ask again. And it's like, not necessarily more of the same thing. There's more that you could clear. And it's just like, start the process again. And like, I have to admit, like even yesterday, like, you know, in a, in a short span of like a 20 minute meditation sit, I ended up clearing four or five different things, like different things, different things that have physically, I've been like, you know, I've had some neck stuff for a while that just sort of, you know, sitting a long time and posture type sort of stuff lower back sort of stuff just i think everybody after a certain age has lower back stuff and just all this random little stuff right um and it was just boom 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 and it was just it was ready to go it was ready to go and it's almost like my body wanted me to to address this work and i went to bed like nine o'clock i didn't fall asleep until one and i know for a fact it was just like things like because and my breathing changed right after the, the the 20 minutes of having done all this like every time I cleared something, my breath got deeper. Like I literally felt it. And as a meditator, that's like one of my number one sort of litmus tools, right? So I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, whoa, the, the depth with which and I'm being more comfortable in my own body, like I can breathe deeper. Like, and every clearing, it got more profound. And I was like, oh man, like I'm, I can get used to this, <laughs> you know? And then when I went to bed, I was like, I could feel that I was, I had a really long day yesterday, woke up at five, 
worked all the way through to nine, daddy duties, work duties, whatever, all that stuff that everybody has. And normally at nine, nine thirty, I'm I'm ready to crash. Yeah. Like I'm I'm groggy, I'm grumpy, I'm <laughs> I'm ready to sleep, please. Thank you very much for my time. And f- at two one, I was just sitting there lying there and I was just like, just breathing. And I was like, I am so energized. And I was like, I'm just so energized. And I could feel that things that had been stuck and stagnant had been given space to move freely uh, and things were just operating better that my body was like, oh, phew, you know, to some degree. And I was, it was just operating better. So it was just like, I'm energized. And I was like, yeah, but you need to go to sleep. Cause you got a big day tomorrow. You're having this epic conversation <laughs> with Dr. Brad first thing in the morning, like go to bed. <laughs> but literally it's, it's, it's been profound to say the least. So that's my little, not so little uh, intro to it, but please get, to step us through the process in terms of, yeah, you don't have to go through the whole process. Obviously it's, it's in the book and there's many different ways we can test ourselves, but one of the easy ways to test ourselves potentially, I really like the ring method, but yeah. Um, the leaning right. works really well as well. Well, we, we teach you a number of different methods of, uh, of self-testing, for example, mm. and, uh, um, in the certification program that we offer, I think we go through all of them. Um, one of them looks like this It's the ring and ring method mm. where, you're getting a yes answer from the body. The rings will tend to stay together. Uh, on a no answer, the body will weaken slightly, and so the rings will tend to break apart. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a method like this where you can use one hand. We call this the hand solo method. Um, you can make a ring and have a thing, put a finger in here, and then the finger will tend to slide through or or pop out if the answer is no. There's lots of different methods. You can use a pendulum. You can use any kind of a dowsing instrument to get an answer from the subconscious mind. Um, if you're testing another person, you can typically the most common method is to have them hold their arms straight out, like I was talking about before. Yeah. And um, and then there's a sway test method where your body, if you're standing upright and you're very relaxed, if you're thinking of uh, uh, something that's positive or congruent or true, your body will tend to sway forward yeah. over thinking of that's incongruent or negative or untrue, your body will tend to sway backward. And so, um, so basically the subconscious mind you see is a binary computer really, mm. that it can answer questions as long as the questions are answerable with either a yes or a no. Okay. And so when we pose a question to the subconscious mind, this is how the emotion code works. And what you were referring to, the first question is, um, you know, do I have a trapped emotion? Now, if you want to, you can narrow it down because the subconscious mind is essentially the world's most powerful Google. Hmm. Um, it's a search engine, really. And so, for example, let's say that you have, um, say that you have back pain. Um, what you could do is you could start by asking, do I have a trapped emotion uh, that can be released that is contributing to my back pain? And then... In response, the internal Google computer search engine of the subconscious mind will find a trapped emotion if there is one that's related to that or that's causing that. And so then what happens is that emotion comes up on display internally and the subconscious mind knows exactly what it is and who is involved and when it occurred and everything about it. And then your your job um, is to identify it basically by playing charades with the subconscious by asking questions. Well, okay, mm. here's a chart of emotions. Mm. Is it in column A, yes or no? And if you're doing the sway test, 
you'll you'd if it's not in column A, you'd sway backwards, right? Mm. If it is in column A, you'd sway forward. Or you might get a strong muscle test on the ring and ring test, mm. yes or no. Uh, if you find that it's in, for example, column A, um, then you have six rows. Okay. Mm. There are 60 emotions we've identified and that uh, that can really cover all the emotional experience. And uh, they're divided into two columns and six rows. So then the next binary question, right, would be, well, all right, if it's in column A, uh, is it in one of the odd rows in column mm. A? And your subconscious mind, knowing what that emotion is, right, um, if it's in one of the odd rows, you'll go forward or you'll get a strong test. And so now you've eliminated um, all the other ones. It's not in column B. It's not in one of the even rows in column A. It's in one of the odd rows. So this mm. is basically how the process works. And then you'll ask, well, is it in row one or three or five? Maybe it's in row five, uh, or maybe it's in column B, row six or whatever. But it, ultimately you get down to where you have five emotions left and you've mm -hmm. narrowed it down to one cell, five emotions in each cell. So maybe you're taken to column B in row six, and then maybe you ask, okay, is it is it pride or shame or shock or unworthy or worthless? And one of those will probably be strong. And then that's the emotion. And, um, but if none of them are strong, or if you can't find the answer, you're probably being taken, probably being taken to what we call, you know, what we talked about, an inherited trapped emotion. That's usually how you find those. Mm. Uh, the conscious mind will take you as far as it can. It'll take you to the cell, but no further. Mm. So if you can't find the answer in a cell, you go through it and you'll ask, well, is it pride? No, shame, no, shock, no, unworthy, no, worthless, no. If they're all no, typically, then you'll ask, okay, is it inherited? And the answer will be yes. And then you go back through them. Well, was it inherited shame or shock or unworthy? Oh, it's inherited unworthy. Okay. Uh, for example, uh, where'd this come from? Mom or dad? Oh, it came from dad. All right. Did he get it from somebody earlier? Uh, and all of these answers are coming from the subconscious. They're all, they're all questions that uh, can be answered with a yes or no. So we outline all these questions. But usually when people figure this out um, and they get a little bit of practice, I think most people can find and release a trapped emotion in about a minute, mm. um, right? It's pretty mm -hmm. fast once you in the process, right? It's not difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Because then one of the next questions is, do I need to know more? And then sometimes the answer is just a clear no. And then you're on your merry way and you're clearing. And then uh, I love the last little check, which is, is this cleared? And it's it's really affirming to go, actually, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. It's it's so beautiful. It's It's a really beautiful process. Um, links will be to the book in the show notes below um, for you guys to check it out. And also for those that really want to go on a deep dive, there are certifications available on the website as well. Before I let you go, though, I do have to tune in because there is a whole body of work that's left unspoken to in this podcast thus far. What is a heart wall? Oh. <laughs> well, um, the heart wall is really the most important part of the emotion code. Mm. Um and if you think about it, what what happened? Let's go back to the 1960s. Yes. The doctors started heart transplants, and it didn't take long before people started coming back to the doctors, saying that strange things were happening. Uh, sometimes their taste in music, uh, or food, or sports would completely change. Mm. Sometimes their handwriting would change. <laughs> sometimes they'd have memories of being in places that they never in their life had ever visited. And so what would happen is eventually they would be connected with the family of the heart donor. Mm. 
And in comparing notes, they'd find out, oh, well, yes, our daughter was a concert violinist. <laughs> and so, so now you love classical music where you did it before. Yeah. Well, yes, that particular symphony was her favorite. That's the mm -hmm. one you listen to all the time. Oh, isn't that interesting? Or they'd say, well, yes, that's our son's handwriting that you have. How bizarre. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, it it yeah. makes you understand. Um, or they'd say things like, well, yes, you know, our, our daughter visited or, or our mother visited Rome every year. And it was her favorite city. And now you have memories of being in Rome. But you say, you've never been there in your whole life. Those must be her memories. Well, mm. there are whole books written about this, of course, right? Cellular mm. memory, they call it. And um, especially it occurs with the heart. Well, the ancients believed the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance. And they believed that the heart was the core of our being, right? And even today, those ancient ideas are mainly manifesting um, on you know, Valentine's Day when you get a heart-shaped box of something mm. from somebody. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, so those, those old ideas about the heart really were absolutely right on and it wasn't until about the last 20 years that researchers have started to find that the heart absolutely is full of gray matter and white matter there's a brain in the heart mm. they call it the little brain in the heart and that brain in the heart is sending messages to the brain in your head your brain that's in your head is obeying the messages sent by the brain that's in your heart your heart is really kind of running the show there well i believe mm. the heart is really the seat of the subconscious, see? Mm. So the, the thickens, there's a lot we don't understand, but think about this. Have you ever felt like your heart was going to break? If you're ever really feeling deeply grieved or really hurt by somebody, you probably felt that physical sensation. You might've put a hand or both hands over your heart because your heart was hurting, mm. right? When that kind of thing is going on, the heart is really under assault. And um, if that happens more than once, I think, in your life, your subconscious mind will put up a wall to protect your heart. And that wall is made of energy, pure energy. It's mm -hmm. made of the energy of your emotional baggage. We call it a heart wall. And so what happens is that wall is made of layers of that emotional energy that's gotten stuck in your body from those events that you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And so... The fascinating thing is when that wall starts to get taken down, uh, amazing things can happen. And let me tell you something. On our website at discoverhealing.com, we try to post a testimonial every day because we have 10,000 of these. And so one of our staff members picks a few that have come in lately. And uh, I want to read, uh, read one to you um, mm. just for fun. Uh, let's see here. Okay, here's a good one. Um, this is about uh, becoming my highest and best self. This woman wrote in, she said, um, I had a heart wall. And honestly, I kind of thought once the heart wall was cleared, that was it. I was going to have nothing else standing in my way. Little did I know that that was just allowing me to get deeper into the core trapped emotions standing in my way to become my highest and best self. I've, I've had so many life altering emotion code appointments since then. Um, you know, uh, it's so fascinating because people, here's one about a horse uh, that had a heart wall, because you see animals also have trapped emotions. Um, here was a horse that was having trouble. And this woman wrote in, she said, this, the horse was named Raina. Um, 
she said, I've seen her disposition improve and the anxiety lines around her face soften since removing her heart wall. People fall in love when that wall is taken down in many mm. cases. Uh, one of my favorite stories is from one of our practitioners who wrote in and she said that her, her sister who'd been divorced for nine years, one day called her and she said, listen, she said, I'm, I'm tired of being alone. Uh, I need to get out there and, and, you know, find somebody. Would you come over and work on me? And so she did and found that her sister had a heart wall uh, from her divorce that she put up. Mm. So they spent the weekend together releasing these trapped emotions, got rid of all the trapped emotions. And when that energy is cleared, all of a sudden that core of your being now can start to send that energy out into the universe again. And um, Monday, neither one of them told anybody what they'd been doing. But on Monday, the phone called to ring and it was guys that she'd known, you know, before that uh, that were picking up on that vibration that she was mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. And so they started thinking about her and the phone started to ring. And so it's cosmic, but I'm telling you, we're all interconnected. Um, ask any quantum physicist. They'll all tell you this is absolutely the truth. Mm. The truth about our existence is not, it, it has, it goes far beyond the material world that we see around us. Believe me. Uh, our bodies are made of energy. Uh, our bodies are more force fields than anything else. You know, some quantum physicists to make a point recently calculated that um, if you could take all the empty space between all the atoms and everybody's body on earth, you could put all, uh, all the world, people in the world, billions, five plus, I don't know how many, five billion people, whatever. You could fit them all into a, a box the size of a sugar cube and you'd have room to spare. Wow. Oh, it's kind of mind-blowing our reality but but the bottom line Jesus. is that right this it is kind of but the work with the emotion code see what it's about it's mm -hmm. it's it's just about addressing these bodies of ours for what they really are and energy medicine is the future of medicine of course because our bodies are made of energy so doesn't mm -hmm. that just make and i like to say the emotion code is really the future of energy healing because it is so drop dead simple. Um, kids can use it. In fact, let me share one story with you. Um, if I've got time, can I share one? Yeah, you got time. Yeah, of course you got time, please. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories. We were at an event and um, having lunch, and the, the, one of the attendees was sitting next to me. Uh, and she told me the story. She said she bought the emotion code mm -hmm. and um, she started reading it and listening to it. And her son started reading it and listening to it as well. Mm. And uh, she said that um, a couple of weeks went by mm. and uh, she got a phone call. And the person calling her identified herself as the mother of one of this woman's son's friends. And she said, listen, she said, I need to tell you something. She said, my son has had a phobia, a really extreme phobia of water all of his life. Now you can have a phobia to any. Yeah, of a phobia to water. She said, it's been very disruptive to our life as a family, uh, to his life. We've tried everything to fix this. Nothing has ever worked. She mm. said, right now I'm at the pool. She said, my son is out splashing around in the pool, playing in the water with the other boys. She said, your son did this. Mm. She said, what in the world is he doing? How is this even possible? Well, that little boy, those two boys are only 11 years old. See, mm. but that, he learned the emotion code mm. and get on his own and fix his friend. So 
Man. The parable again. <laughs> it's, dude. In a word, freedom. Like, really, yeah. in a word, freedom. It's, yeah. you know, this work is, yeah, it's, it's just so freeing. Stuff that you've been carrying for a long time. Um, like you said, something as deep as phobias in a kid, you know, released. Stuff we've potentially been carrying that, you know, you know, our parents carried, you know, unbewittingly to themselves for the best of intentions, allowing that to sort of move. Um, and I just, for me, and this may not be for everybody that's tuning in, but I can speak on behalf of myself, just it's, you've cracked it. It's the code, right? It's the emotion. It's just the right amount of, how much subconscious and emotion work there is in there, but then also how do I release it simple, effective in using the right mind, like the logic to sort of boom, you know, next thing. And it's not dishonoring when I say that it sounds like oh, I'm dishonoring it by just sort of clearing it out, but it honors it. It's, it's been trying to move for such a long time and it's finally giving it the permission to set sail so that I can finally be free to sort of address the other things in my life which require my presence require my yeah just me to be even more available to them and that freedom internal freedom you know you can feel the shifts in your body let alone your emotions and then also your psyche and how it all sort of paddles out from there so ah dr brad i wish i could talk to you forever And I'm sure that we'll definitely do this again. There's another book on its way out called The Body Code. Um, So at the very least, um, we'll be circling back to you then. But yeah, man, I I just want to sincerely thank you, not just for today's conversation, but the body of work that informs this this conversation. Obviously, all your work that went into, you know, you being invested in computers, you following the calling, your conversations with God. um, And then, yeah, you know, you coming through and following that inspiration and going, you know what, I'm going to dedicate myself to this sacred calling, which is helping people, you know, release their emotions and cleanse themselves of that. And yeah, really find that internal freedom. So thank you so much for what you do. Well, thank you. I, um, I really appreciate your kind words. I just, uh, I'm just trying to do what I've been guided to do. And, and it's, it, it really has nothing to do with me, except that I'm, I'm the teacher. I'm kind of the, the person that got tagged to do this. I'm grateful to have a job. Um, Mm. but it, it, but it's not about me. It's Mm. about you. It's about, uh, uh, it's about, everybody listening it's about your ability you can do this there are people in your life that you can help with this and if you start to use this method it's really so simple and it's really fun and you may you might find out like so many people are finding out all over the world that this absolutely works Mm. i mean depression anxiety phobias panic attacks ptsd eating disorders self-sabotage of all kinds every disease process that people have has an emotional component Mm. and you can address the other components but if you miss out on that emotional component it may not be enough to get over that disease and um plus this works on animals if you learn how to use this for people you automatically know how to do it for animals and 90 percent of all the problems that animals have physical behavioral is due also to their emotional baggage and uh, we have people in the world now that just specialize in working with animals. And, and um, it, it's just, it's amazing how well it works. It's, it, you just have to try it. Mm. And um, it's easy. You can do it yourself. And see, really what this is about is that it, it's about the world 
It's about the world that is in, it's in this transformational process. We see it every day. The chaos that's happening is because the earth is in labor mm -hmm. and it's, it's getting close to the end stages of labor, I think. And so the world is trying to give birth to this new world that's, that's coming, a world that's going to be governed by love. And um, this is part of that, see, because everybody in the world has all this emotional baggage. 93% of all the people in the world have put up a wall around their heart. And so they can't really feel very well. Hmm. And it's hard to feel the love of the higher power for them. It's hard for them to connect with other people. And so they're kind of going through life in this, in this handicapped way emotionally and taking down that wall is so important. So, um, so I hope that, uh, I hope that you'll just uh, open your heart and mind to this because this, this work is true. Again, it doesn't have anything to do with me, but I was just trying to help my patients <laughs> and I, I was asking for help with everybody that I saw. And this mm -hmm. is kind of part of the result of all of that is this little method that is just so simple that uh, kids can do it and you can do it too. And it may just change your life. And, and if you really like doing it, I mean, there's so many people in the world um, who need help. And so we have, We've got, we have certification available for you if you want to do this. We've got people um, doing very, very well, uh, mm -hmm. making a living this because people have money, but they don't have peace of mind and they don't have their health. And so um, you can help them and uh, you can make a great living doing this. And because it can be done in distance, you can travel if you want for the rest of your life, if you want to, and have a great uh, practice of your own. If you're interested, you can go to discoverhealing.com and you can... Uh, you can read more about certification. You can look at the practitioner map. We've got people all over the world. We have over 10,000 people now doing this that we've certified in over uh, around 80 countries. Wow. So, uh, fun stuff. Yeah, incredible. Uh, Dr. Bradley, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Ramit. I really appreciate you. Let's do it again. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of The Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution Tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BolinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.